Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. Zinkowski from howtomarketagame.com. I, I love that. That's like, that says it all right there. You don't need anything else. You don't need it. Just like howtomarketagame.com. And that's like, that's it, right? Right. Everything like, is there. So I had the Twitch name Indie and he's like, that's great. And I was like, yeah, when I stream full time, you know, I could, you could Google the word Indie and I would be on the front page. But Indie is such a, it's a terrible SEO word, right? <laughs> It's, it's terrible. Right now I'm on the, I don't even know what page, but yes, Chris Zikowski, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we will get to these questions because there's a ton rolling in already. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, as, as my name says, uh, howtomarketagame.com. I blog, I study how indie game marketing on PC, if you ask me any mobile questions, who knows? Well, I don't even know, uh, but mostly helping on Steam, PC games, and what you can do to get the word out for your game. So I write a blog every single week. If you go to howmarketagame.com slash free, you can sign up for my newsletter where I um, every week will post a blog to the newsletter and some other tips and weird things that I found on the internet related to marketing your game will be posted there. Um, you also get a free book when you join howtomarketagame.com slash free. Um, I also have a free class. I didn't put the URL there, but it's um, how to make a steampage.com. So if you're struggling making a steam page, you don't know what to put on there. You're like, I just, you're just typing like, uh, like doing a school essay where you're just trying to fill as many words and you double space it so you can get like multiple pages. If your teacher said you have to have like five pages of an essay. If you don't know how to make a steam page, go to howtomakeasteampage.com. It's a class, it's free. And I just walk you step by step on the things that you need to put on your Steam page so that people will wish list and buy your game. So that's a brief bit about me. I, you know, Indy came to me and said, I don't even want to hear you talk. Let's just answer questions. It's just like, <laughs> no. The only thing that they, they don't even want to hear you talk. So we just wanted the best part is always when they just get to ask you questions. So I said, okay, I won't talk. I just want to hear your questions and I'll just answer the best I can. Oh my gosh. Um, and I'll tell you if I don't know. And, and let's go for it. Let's roll with these questions. Put me on front street. Well, so one thing, uh, so you uh, talking about how to make a steam page.com, you see, I see so many games, right? And when you are making your Steam page, think about how you look at games, right? Do you go to a Steam page and look at a bunch of still images? Do you, if you go and you're like, oh, there's a video and you click it and watch it, do you want to watch 30 seconds of logos? No. What are you looking for? Gameplay. You don't need, like, I mean, sure, people put Steam pages up and they have, like, their awesome intro and it's da-da-da-da-da and that's cool. But that's not what I look at when I'm looking through a Steam page. I want to see gameplay. Right now. Isn't that right, Chris? Yes. You couldn't have said it any better, Indy. It's really just show them what they're looking for, which is gameplay. They don't want to see a slow roll of like a really cool sword that says the legend of Bithradarth and, you know, like all this like lore dump. They don't want to see that. They just want to see, do I swing the sword? Is it VR where I've got a sword? Do I, is it turn-based tactics to fight with the sword? It's like, what are you doing with the sword? Don't just do a slow pan of a sword going across the screen while some British guy reads lore. Don't right. do that. That's that's a free tip for you right there. Sorry if you have a trailer with a British guy. I mean, British guys are okay. <laughs> it's just don't have them read your lore. I mean, really don't have an American read your lore any, either. So, what, But anyway, that, that's just my intake on uh, on games and uh, trailers. And we're done. We just gave you guys a million dollar, million dollar stuff right there. Your sales will go through the roof after that. Right there. Okay, let's see. Oh, someone says, I have to recommend Chris's Steam Breakdowns. Not very expensive and very awesome info. They are like my new podcast. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I just uh, ended the sale. I had a Cyber Monday, Black Friday sale where it was 50% off. 
this is gamemarketingideas.com. You just sign up and then I do a Steam page every single week. I owe one today uh, where I just look at a, a Steam page that's popular. And then I just look at, you know, what can we take away? What shouldn't we do? Um, every Steam page is different, has some pluses and some minuses. And I just kind of break those down and kind of tell you what, to, what you should do for your own game. So it's a fun way to kind of like see examples from other uh, marketing efforts. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so how viable is making free games on Steam? Uh, for making free games? Um, it, to be honest, uh, for, if we're talking free to play, I think it is viable. I don't specialize in free to play, so I can't give you like, exact metrics. Um, but a lot of, uh, there's a whole free game portal, which Steam said is like the second most popular page on Steam as a lot of people go to the free, free to play. Um, but it really comes down to if you're just making free games just because you want to make free games, sure. But, I mean, everybody loves a free game. Um, the main thing is you have to monetize the free-to-play aspect of it correctly. So um, I can't quite tell based on that question exactly. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of free-to-play games on Steam that do pretty well. All right. We have so many questions. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. How to market a game with zero budget. Like, literally zero budget okay so here's what i would recommend um the big the three biggest ways to get people to see your game are festivals now some of these festivals are paid but a lot of them are not now a festival i'm talking online festivals not like going to pax or something but you apply to these on my discord server i there's a special channel that just announces when the deadlines are, and those are the best way to get visibility on your game. Best way to drive wish lists, all that stuff, are these festivals. So you apply for these. There's a new one coming up every week. Well, December and January are kind of low periods, but next year they'll start really rolling. You just apply with your game. They accept you. Then you're on in the festival, and thousands and thousands, it depends on the festival, will wish list your game. Number two is Reddit. And the way Reddit works is you just have to take a lot of shots on goal. It's you got to get the voice, you got to learn how the voice works uh, of of a Reddit post, and you do well there. If you do well there, you'll get lots of wish lists. And number three is streamers, and with streamers, you just have to also take that that shotgun approach. Every week, identify streamers that you think would like your game, that have played games similar to yours. Apply to them, give them a good story, join their communities befriend their um, friendly people, you know, that are there, you know, don't be a jerk on there, just constantly pitching your game, be friendly, hand out free keys to your up and coming game, make sure you have a good demo because streamers play demos, they don't just look at screenshots of your game and look at your trailer, they're not going to do that, they want to play it. So make a demo, give it to streamers, show it on Reddit and apply for festivals. Those are three things you can do totally free. I love that. And if you guys, uh, are looking for a streamer to stream indie games? There's this guy right here. He... <laughs> I'm in the Discord. <laughs> this guy. Uh, if you want I, an indie I, I game, indie you games. get the guy, Twitch TV slash indie. Who else That's is going right. to be doing That's it better? Right. There, man, there's so many questions right here. This is awesome. Uh, Whales and Games, and I love that name. Whatever happened to the golden microphone, Chris? It's right here. Yeah, right I just I don't like it when the streamers put the microphone like right here on their face. They always go like this, and it's like like Dude. that's because it sounds better. Well, yeah, but it looks terrible. It looks like a robot is like punching you in the face. So I always like, like to just kind of hide it, it down like here. A DJ in a radio radio station. I don't know. Just get, look look at this. It's all about the face. You got you got to show the face. Right. <laughs> Right. Okay. Here we go. From Fishwind, which is another amazing name. Which is better? Keep the demo available forever. Hide my demo and change my marketing CTA to something like join newsletter to get demo. This is a good question. And I think um, the main thing is you got to test your demo to make sure that it's converting well. If your demo is, um, if the metrics aren't looking good, one, work on your demo. Um, I think that if you have a linear game with like a weird kind of gimmick, and I don't want to put gimmick, and I don't mean that pejoratively, I just mean like a gimmick. Uh, you know, maybe it's like some very unique gameplay element, then I would say pull it and push it, you know, put it in, pull it, you know, all those sort of things, because you don't want to oversaturate your audience uh, with it. But for most games that are going to do well on Steam, I would recommend that you keep your demo up because here's the way demos work and, and the way streamers, the, the main thing is a demo is good for a streamer. Because if a streamer plays your game, then their followers will play it. So here's the, the thing. This is the order that'll happen. You're in a big festival, so your demo goes live. 
some fan will play your game. They'll recommend it to their streamer. Their streamer will say, oh, okay, let me check this game out. They'll play your demo. Then they're gonna play it once just to like make sure that it's cool. Then they're gonna play it live on air. Then their fans are gonna see it and go play it. All seven of those things have to happen for you to get a real impact on wishlist from the streamer. If you push your demo out for like three days and then pull it three days later, like that all these things can't happen in that short period of time. So that's why I say you make your demo available most of the time, like almost all the time, so that you can get that kind of like, um, uh, that, that you give it time for all that magic to happen. Because that's really what has to happen is all that stuff has to go across in order for that to be worth it to have the demo. If you're pushing and pulling the demo up, you can't have, there's just not enough time for that magical thing to happen that I just described. You're taking so away the tail is what you're doing. For a long time. Yeah, you're taking away the tail. Yeah. You're cutting off yeah. the tail is what you're doing. Like you're looking for a long tail, like this thing to happen for all these other things to happen. And if you just pull it, bam, the tail is just cut off. Journalists can't write about it. Players can't play it. It's, you're hurting it. If Now, if, you're, if your demo is bad, Make sure your demo is good. That's the bigger question. You have to have a good demo that doesn't give away too much, but it doesn't like over tutorialize. And that's hard. You got to play test with people, figure out, put analytics in your demo to make sure it plays through. That's the bigger question is how do you have a good demo? Yeah. And it's hard to know when you're developing the game because you're so inside of it. You're like, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if it's fun. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's where the hard part is. All right, here we go. From Pick Upon AMVs with in-person events starting up again, do you think the era of Steam festivals as number one WOL gatherer might be coming to an end? I wish I could just tell the future. <laughs> I, you know what's the hardest thing to do is tell the future. That's, that's I don't know. Um, I don't know, and I hope that... Uh, People realize, and when I mean people, I mean Steam, Valve, the folks at Valve and um, organizers realize this. And I think it's up to us as the indies to go to those festivals that we're featured in, write them a hand letter that says, thank you so much for the festival. You all did great. You got us 10,000 wishlists because we were including your festival. Thank you. Put it in the mail, send it off. Then nobody sends handwritten notes anymore. So they're going to get that and be like, whoa, this is so cool. This really did have an impact. Um, and so then they're like, you know what? We had such an impact. Let's do it again. But if you don't praise people, if you don't say, hey, thank you so much, um, they're not going to know that it works. So give praise to Steam, to the folks at Valve and to the organizers of these events that you're featured in so that they know it was useful, so that they know to keep doing it. Because here's the thing is in-person festivals just don't work as well because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's just not as many people that can get there. You can only talk to a few people at a time. Let me tell you. Virtual festivals are where it's at. And I really, really hope that they stick around. So again, let's- And they're let's only getting better and better. That it is good to do these virtual festivals. Yeah. So let's let's take some questions from the Discord here. So from Comedy Reflex on Discord. Uh, we know you made the one screen platformer game. Are you currently working on another game of yours? So not as a contractor on another. <laughs> no, I've kind of- uh, Kind of put that, that side of my life to side, and I'm uh, focused on getting all your games to do well. So I've got some surprises coming this uh, upcoming year, mm -hmm. uh, but no games uh, currently uh, slated to release. I still have, there's still two games that I have Steam pages for that are just kind of like silently collecting wish lists. I don't know, sometimes I go and I usually now use those. Anytime I have to do a screen uh, share of like how to like find stats or something, I'll usually use those games as my, you know, kind of like, template for screen sharing. Uh, but other than that, no, unfortunately, I'm not I'm not working on any games right now. Right. Okay. So uh, from Dominski, if you only had the resources for one channel to attract new players, what would you choose? Streamers, press, social networks, advertising, et cetera, for a paid PC game? Um, let's see. Streamers, press, social networks, advertising. I mean, if I had one, uh, you didn't put festivals in there. People always forget the festivals. Festivals is the best channel. Festivals um, that's is where the best. Is stuff. So I would just every day look for festivals, see if they're coming up, apply. That is your number one way to get festival. I I can't emphasize it enough, folks. It is like festivals are like here. Everything else is like right now, like this as far as what gets what gets reached. So 
yeah, focus on the festivals. They're really hot right now. And like the previous question, they might be going away. Who knows once the world re starts reopening, uh, whether they're going away. But right now, jump on the festival train. Jump on the festival. The festivals are the festivals. Uh, how can festivals. developers make their games stand out in a Steam festival when there are so many other games? Okay. Well, here's the thing is... Um, I, when you join these Steam Festival, and we're, I'm talking, it sounds like Steam Fest, like the official Steam Next Fest. Here's what I recommend is there's three, they do them three times a year. Um, do your game at the very last bit, uh, the last one before you release. Um, it seems like every Steam Fest is a little bit different. Sometimes they um, have better featuring than others. Sometimes they're in videos. I find that you should do the last one before you release because your graphics are going to look the best they possibly can. You'll have a huge pile of wish lists. You'll have the most wish lists going into it. And sometimes Steam, I think some do, do some curation based on the number of um, uh, wish lists. They'll put you higher up in some of the widgets based on how many wish lists you have. I don't have a specific number or anything, but I kind of find that they do. So when you're going in strong with a whole bunch of marketing and then that's there, um, uh, then I think you're going to get a better placement on the festival. I know it's tempting. I see a lot of indies like they just announced their game and they go right into the Steam Festival. It's like that, uh, you know, hold, 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 like Braveheart, hold, hold. Don't go right into the first festival. Do the last one before you launch. That's my advice to get up there in Steam Fest. The other thing is have a really good capsule. Hire an artist in that time, since you're not going to be doing the festival right off the bat when you launch your game. Spend that time from now until you just about launch to do the Steam Fest to work on your capsule. Hire an artist, test it, make sure the numbers are looking good for the number of people clicking through, that people like it. Don't do your own art. Do not do your own art unless you are a professional illustrator. Even if you're a graphic designer, don't do your own art. Hire a professional capsule artist who has done other Steam capsules to do your art. And somebody's probably gonna ask me, how do I hire a Steam artist? I'll just wait for that question. I know that somebody always asks that question. So I'll just wait for that question to come, but get a good capsule. Make, get good graphics. Hire an artist. Don't do programmer art. Um, all of those will help you stand out on the Steam Fest. Good answers. Good answers. Here we go. Uh, do, 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 do. Should you market, promote a Kickstarter campaign differently than the Steam launch? Yeah. I uh, Full disclosure, I've never done a Kickstarter campaign. I've just read a lot of postmortems about them. Um, I don't know fully. I can't tell, but what I've seen, um, I, I, I really have, bad, I don't really feel like answering this question fully because I just don't know as well. Main thing is I know that the um, a, a, a Kickstarter campaign is all about those 30 days. You've got to like really hit it all 30 days. Um, I'll give you a, a quick tip about, um, about Kickstarter that people always ask because I don't really know the answer to that because I've never done a Kickstarter campaign. Run, launch your Steam page and have your Kickstarter, have both of those things available at the same time because they cross-promote each other. People who like your game on Steam but don't know about a Kickstarter, make sure you send in a event alert so that people who have wishlisted your game will go uh, find your Kickstarter. And people who are browsing Kickstarter, maybe they don't want to back you. Maybe they're not interested in backing your game. Like, I don't want to take the risk. The game's risky. But they might still be interested in your game, so they might go wishlist your game. So have both of those live. That's my best advice. I'm sorry, I don't know enough about Kickstarter campaigns to say how they're different. Hey, uh, I don't know if maybe it's my audio. Uh, I couldn't quite hear you uh, on that question, but I can read it. And the question is, so let me know if you can't hear me. No, no, there we go, there. Okay, I was like, I, I thought I went deaf for like a few seconds. All right, so, so. the question was, Paul Boyko's Devil Cider Games. No, I was just, it was magic. Um, is TikTok <laughs> a viable marketing tool for a game? And if so, how would you recommend using it? Okay, yes, TikTok is very viable. There was, um, there was a game that just came out um, I can't remember if it's EXO or EVO. It's the game where you're a ball on the ground, and then when you're in the sky, you turn into this flat disc. Um, the uh, publisher of that game just released a bunch of numbers, and TikTok was very strong for them. Um, uh, they had a bunch of normal, uh, very high um, peaks on their game. Uh, they got a ton of wish lists, and the cause of that was TikTok. So it looks like TikTok is driving a lot of numbers. The conversion rate is very low. Like You need to get like a million views on your... A TikTok video, and that translates to about two thousand wish lists. That's like a very I calculated as like 002 percent conversion rate, 
but who cares? I mean, you can still uh, run a successful diamond mine by just like crunching a ton of ore down to like one diamond. So that's kind of what TikTok is. It's very much like crunch a bunch of ore down to just a few ounces of mineral, um, but uh, it works. So yes, but you're, you're gonna have more success. Your game has to be beautiful. And I can't emphasize enough, it's your game that's gonna do it. Beautiful 3D games do much better. It has to have beautiful like lighting and FX. So hire an FX person, contract with them. I can't emphasize this enough. You're not gonna see success if you're just doing programmer art. You got, your game has to be, oh, so beautiful. So um, that helps. So good luck, good luck on TikTok. Um, I don't have any specific advice. I, I don't know any dance moves. I don't know how to put the sparkles on the filters, the sparkle filters on TikTok. I'm just not an expert on that stuff, but it does. it is worth the effort to learn it. The TikToker. A broken Echo says, what is your process for choosing a Steam page to review for your marketing, your game marketing idea series? Okay. Is a broken Echo just like normal? Like, am I always speaking in a broken Echo until I go into a rack block? That's just a, just a question what a broken Echo is. Anyway, um, for uh, choosing a Steam page, what I look at is um, I look at something that has a point that I can emphasize. So there's no reason why I pick a, it's not like I'm picking the best games or something. It's usually like I'll pick out a game that like either has a problem that is being solved or a uh, cool thing that they did. So for instance, I recently picked a, this game, Alec Head. I think that's how you say it. It's a pixel art puzzle game that's done pretty well. Not fantastic, but pretty well. Those are hard to come by uh, because most pixel art puzzler 2D platformers just don't do well. Um, I know because I made a couple. And so... Um, but they made a really cool Steam page that had zero text. It was like emojis and GIFs, and they did something really neat. So I thought that's a neat way of like how to explain your game because a puzzle game, you always have to explain what the mechanic is. In this case, this game is when you're, you're a little electric thing and when you land on a platform, you power any device that's connected to it. It's, it's actually harder for me to describe what it is, but if you just see a GIF of it happening, you just see it instantly and it hits you. And that's what you think of. So that's why I was like, okay, this is how you use GIFs to explain a mechanic. And I thought that was interesting. So that's what allows me to pick it. Um, I don't just pick a game because somebody messaged me and said, can you review my game? Because I'm a consultant, that's what I get paid to do. So don't just approach me and say, can you do my game for free? Um, you know, I do that for consulting. So if you do want to look at my game, just email me or tweet me adventuremtn or email me at imchrisdukowski at gmail.com. I can just review your game if, you, if you're just asking about that. But I don't just pick a game because somebody said, can you review my game? It has to have something that's interesting and worth talking about that I haven't already covered. So that's why I pick a game. Uh, for my reviews. And again, uh, to that question is gamemarketingideas.com. That's where every week I review a Steam page and kind of tell you like, oh, this is a neat thing that they did, or this is a thing that you should avoid. That's what I talk about um, in my site. And that's what uh, that uh, Broken Echo is talking about. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. It's more from Discord. Jorge, game dev. After the announcement tweet, what do you consider some of the most important tweets slash announcements that you could do for your game that result in increased visibility? Okay, so um, to this question, the announced tweet um, is this really interesting thing, and I, I had a, a long tweet log, and Game Marketing Ideas, I cl clipped a bunch of example ones. So uh, just to go back on, on this question, um, just to give you some background so that you know what I'm answering uh, from Jorge, uh, your announce tweet for some reason does really well. Like if you just say, announcing a new game, here's a new GIF, and then a little short description, that tweet does very well because your supporters are like super excited about it. And they're like, oh, I want to support Jorge, so let me retweet it. And, and sometimes the press picks up on it. If you just say that you're doing an announce tweet, for some reason they just always do better than any other tweet you do. Because it's kind of like a party. Everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm going to support you. Um, to be honest, most of Twitter doesn't work very well. Most social media just doesn't work um, for getting it other than the announced tweet. So um, I actually think the best thing you can do is network with devs. So I think your best performance is not how many likes and retweets you get, it's the friends you make along the way. I know it sounds cheesy, but it really is like, I think most of what Twitter and social is good for is networking with other developers. So find all the games, so whatever game you're making, let's say you're making um, a roguelike, look at everybody who's making a roguelike and follow them on Twitter and message them, DM them, 
if you're and don't be creepy about it and just say, hey, I'm working on a roguelike too. What have you seen? I'm having trouble doing this. Have you had trouble with that? My proc gen is broken. Is yours broken? Yeah, we're both broken. Um, all that stuff is more effective than anything else you're gonna do on, on uh, social media for the most part. So do your announce tweet and then just start networking up a storm and, and contacting devs, streamers, all those kinds of things and just get your good network because they're gonna boost you in other ways like on festivals and, and streamers and Reddit. So again, a, social media is just kind of, unless you have a cute game with big old eyes, cute animal ears, those games do well on Twitter. But other than that, everybody else is kind of, we're just here for networking. Right, right. Yeah, Twitter has become, a a networking tool over time, right? It Twitter really has become is. the LinkedIn of Facebook. No, Twitter, you know. The <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn of like? Facebook of Twitter. Yeah, the Facebook of Twitter. Uh, what's the most exciting game marketing moment you've had personally? Did it translate to good marketing? And if so, any lessons on how to recreate that excitement? <laughs> I love this question because they're excited about marketing. Marketing can be fun. Um, I don't know. I think, um, well, it doesn't really work anymore. But I always find, I really liked Imager. Imager kind of, they changed the algorithm and other stuff happened, whatever. Imager doesn't work basically anymore for marketing your game. But those were really fun. Like I, I could write a good story, tell a good story, and then you could get to the front page and be well, like commenting you and it was like an explosion. It was fun. So I really liked Imager. I think um, probably TikTok. I mean, I, I, I've never ticked a talk before. So I don't know what it feels like, but I what I've seen is uh, a tick, TikTok is very similar to Imager in that you post a short little video clip with a good story and it can go viral. I think that has the potential to be just as exciting as, as Imager because it's you're telling a personal story and you're showing some cool graphics, then that marriage is, it's almost like pure cinema. So um, that I think is, is the potential. So maybe try TikTok, maybe I should start doing that. TikTok is really, really weird on an account that I have. Uh, it's like mo most of it will be average views of 400. But then one of my posts is like at 8,000 and something views. And it's just, it's not like any different. I didn't do anything different or say anything different or do anything special. It's just that one, for some reason, bam, bam, bam. The algorithm put it up there or it randomly got selected for something. I, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, super... Robot One, does marketing for early access titles on stream differ from non-early access? And if so, do you have any tips for it? Yes, okay. So I'm gonna put up a big warning on early access. I, I, I'm not a fan of early access. Um, if this is your first, oh, here's a mistake I find a lot of indies make, is they think, you know what? I'm just not sure about my game. I'm just gonna, mm, I'm just gonna kind of wade into the pool. It's kind of like, you know, you can either jump in or you can kind of like, you know, in the summertime, you kind of wade into the shallow end and you slowly get deeper and deeper. A lot of indies think, okay, early access is the easier way, just kind of wading in. I find early access is deceivingly more tricky than a full launch. And um, I, I, if this is your first game you've ever made, don't do early access. I'm just going to... I just like to make it clear, if this is your first game, don't do early access, just because it's very complicated. The thing about early access is, when you put your game on early access, that is essentially your launch. I know it, it says early access, it sounds so friendly, so early, uh, yeah, but it's hard. It is a full launch. You have to have a lot of wish lists. If you launch your early access with just a few wish lists, it's gonna go nowhere. You essentially just, you just fell on your face. You launched your game with no visibility, no nothing. Your early access launch is the same as your launch in the eyes of Steam for the most part. Um, and then the tricky part is now you're stuck in this position where the, nobody bought, a lot of people are suspicious of early access. So you've already cut a whole portion of people who would buy your game. You're, you've, you've limited yourself down to just the people who are kind of like, okay with taking a chance. A lot of people will let somebody else go first and say, you buy this game first, I'm gonna to wait to see your reaction before I buy it. And so you're getting this very critical group of people who play early access games and just buy into them. It's a very slim group uh, because they're, they know they've been burned where game comes out, it's buggy, and then the developer abandons it because this buggy game got launched. So these are all these complicated dynamics you're working with. And then once you do launch into early access, the fan base expects you to do monthly updates, like on the clock, at least minimum requirement is monthly updates, sometimes more, to have a roadmap, to be constantly communicating, to constantly have a community building aspect to your game, because 
they're afraid they have gone off. You'll hear a dead game. They've escaped because a lot of early access games. So now you've added this extra burden of launching and then asking this, adding this uh, community building where you have to constantly updating what you're doing on your game, constantly releasing new builds. Early access is hard, hard. It is not the soft launch that a lot of people think because it sounds like early access. Oh, it's just, I'm just waiting into it. No, it's hard. It's hardcore. That's why I say, if you're doing early access, don't do it. If this is your first game, don't do early access. Go in following, knowing, go in knowing full well what you're getting into. Um, so that's why I say, wait till your second game, your third game, before you start doing this early access stuff. It's hard. Oh, that kind of leads into the next question, um, which I know the part of the answer for this is don't think about marketing your game right before you release it. Um, uh, let's see, what's the wrong one? Here we go. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. Uh, Arthur, rank Warmaster. My early access goes live later today. Any advice for getting the word out? Um, just open up a phone book and just start calling. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, you got to build into it. I mean, your rank is Warmaster, so you probably are like pretty strong, like going out there and just bashing heads. Bash heads and tell people about your game, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, post on Reddit. Post on Reddit. Um Make sure you constantly update your page. Um, like put an event out, say uh, post an event. Every week you should be posting events saying we're updating this game. These are the new bugs. These are the new patches. Make sure you've got your roadmap. You've got your roadmap published. You know, that says like, these are the features that we're adding next. This is the next uh, where you show like the four quarters, you know, next quarter, next quarter, next quarter, and what features you're adding. Make sure you get that in place because people want to see that you're there and that you're responding to every single question. And that you are there, post in your um, uh, post your in your uh, comment board in your um, in your uh, forum, the forum for your community uh, on Steam pages. You click the community tab, and then there's a one for uh, discussion board. Post in there and say like, ask questions here, link to your Discord, link to your Twitter. You've got to show that you are active and you're not going to ghost people because that's the, their fear. Is that you're going to launch and then sales will be lukewarm and then you're gonna panic and then you're gonna leave and then you just left a lot of people high and dry with no updates you got to prove that that's not you i know that you're not because your rank is war master and war masters never give up and never surrender that's so right. um, good luck on discord he's saying i've done marketing I've, I've done lurk it i've done updated steam etc social media he's been very responsive has been social media has been good yeah, he said he's good. been re responsive. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, good good work on your launch. Just uh, you got to show that you are here and you're here to stick around. You're That's not right. going to ghost anybody. Okay. So we got listen to these last two questions from Discord. Then we got a bunch of questions in chat. Uh, this is, well, this is one more question, but it's a two parter. It's two part. Okay. Doesn't it, it, I couldn't fit all the text in the thing. It wouldn't let me. I was thinking of launching an early demo and then improve on it with more content and feedback. Would that hurt the initial impression? Or are demos more like an organical overtime thing? Or is your first impression super important? Um, no, just just keep updating your demo. And I think that's a good thing. Is Demos are actually a, another bonus of them, not just that streamer thing I was talking about, is that you can get that feedback. So make sure you hook up analytics. Look at your time played. Um, I've, I'm, I'm working on a survey right now um, uh, analyzing how long demos are played. Look to see your time, median time. If it's less than 12 minutes of median playtime on your demo, that's indi indicating that people aren't engaging with your game. Longer than 12 minutes, it's okay, but I've seen games that get up to like 30 minutes plus. So look at your median playtime to judge whether your demo is connecting with people. I think a demo is an excellent way to get that feedback and keep improving on it. So put your demo out, monitor, play test, where you watch somebody play the game, do all those things. I think it's a great thing. 
There are millions of people on Steam, so you can't have a first impression because by the time somebody sees it, there's a whole new crop of people who you can who's never heard of you, never seen it. So go put your demo on, do it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, back to the questions in chat from EE e. Newton on YouTube asks, in your experience, Chris, how useful is a back catalog in terms of driving additional sales? I know that works well for novelists, YouTubers. Does the same work for game devs? Um, I think it does. It's not as important for novelists and YouTubers, um, just because um, I think the way the Steam algorithm, the way the Steam algorithm works is in the early phases, they test you to see if your game is worth it. And if it, if, you know, they'll test to see if you're converting well, and then they'll give you tons of visibility. It's not like the YouTube algorithm or the um, kind of like Amazon algorithm where they're constantly recommending similar games or similar, you know, videos or um, books or, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's a little bit different with YouTube or with uh, um, uh, Steam. But the good thing about a back catalog actually though is, um, sticking to one genre because you learn your audience, you start to get your mailing list good because people will buy one. And then if somebody falls in love with you, you can sell them on the backlog so that they can, you know, do, uh, sell one. And then all the other games in your backlog, you can monetize them for that. So like a new fan doesn't just buy one game, they buy all your past games. So I think it's important, but not as important as, uh, like YouTube and, and novelists, but, um, but the main thing is you learn your audience. And so it's not so much the backlog, it's it's the experience you got by releasing all those games that um, that is more helpful than the, the back catalog as much. Excellent. Uh, doop, 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 doop. Another question from Adi. Is it a good practice to put email signups or community links in game, maybe in the main menu? Will it help building signups or just make the game look cheap? Just don't do cheap stuff. No, it, it's good. Do it. But, but, but pick one at most two. Don't put every single thing. Just pick your primary one, what your main thing is, uh, and have it in there, either your Discord or your uh, mailing list. I would say those are the two. It's not worth it to get, send people to Twitter because Twitter performs so poorly and Twitter's top of the funnel. You don't want to send people to the top of the funnel. And so it's better to send them to email list or Discord. And honestly, I will be honest about my experience with that. <clears throat> of all, because I've played a lot of games, obviously. And the only time I ever clicked, like in the main menu, it said our Discord. I was like, I wonder how that works. Does that just take me to Discord? And then I clicked it, right? I didn't click it because I wanted to join, but that was just me personally. So, um, and this kind of goes where uh, lead magnet is. One thing I always recommend is what's helpful with email that you can't quite do with Discord is you could promise something like, hey, uh, get a free set of armor or get a free sword. And you, if you're smart and you do some math, some programming, you can get it. So once they join the email list, you can send them a unlock code or something. You got to kind of incentivize them, say, hey, join the email list and do this. And people are more likely to do it. Don't just put like an icon that looks like the Discord icon because like Indy said, nobody really clicks that. You have to give them a reason to click on it. I, I would like, click say, on that. Like you get something pretty special. The community. Find new people to battle against. You know, give them the reason to click it. I would click it for an in-game item. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally would. Okay, uh, Lee Hammond, I'll counter the question of no budget marketing. How do you market a game with a relatively good budget? What good uses of spending money to market a game that have the highest yield to spending? Yeah, I, I like paid advertising. I think it works well if you target correctly. So the top two paid are Facebook and um, uh, Reddit, I think, are uh, two performing. YouTube, I get, it's, YouTube is uh, very hard. I can never get my YouTube spend to work. I, I, I'm like, show my thing and I'll pay you money. And YouTube just won't show my videos. You know, it's like really hard to get that to, to go correctly. But um, <clears throat> the other thing that I would pay for, okay, so uh, make sure you have a good capsule and you got to Get a couple, try hire a couple. Those are really good. A good capsule that converts well is worth so much because it increases all the other marketing you do because on Steam, that capsule is the first thing and the most thing that people will see. I would get a good trailer. I would also pay for um, all the festivals that I talked about because festivals are the number one thing. And what I would do as far as marketing uh, for advertising spend, if you were to pay Facebook or 
um, or, or Reddit is pay for it to boost your other things, uh, the other social networks or something that you're doing. So for example, like um, get it to uh, pay to view a video so that people then see all your videos if you're doing YouTube marketing so that people kind of get into that. Um, maybe you um, market your mailing list so that people join your mailing list and then you sell them your game in the back catalog. Those sort of things I think are very valuable. And then um, I haven't seen too much paid streamers work, but I know a lot of people who say like, oh, we'll reach out to streamers for free, and then if nobody uh, picks our game for free, then we'll pay for it, um, pay for streamers. The other thing with um, uh, paid marketing is don't just burst it at the end before you launch. You should spend from the minute you start developing your game until launch to kind of be tuning your message, trying out your marketing. Really marketing uh, paid advertising is all about like tuning the message and dialing it in and keep testing different images and, and phrases to see which one actually connects the best. So it's a slow build over time. It's not just like drop a big money bomb right before you launch. It's It takes time to do it. Excellent. So here's a question, and it's a couple people were uh, wanting to know about this. Is it a good idea to keep a demo even before a Steam Festival to clarify the festival would include a newer demo? Yeah, keep. I, I, I like demos up all the time. Um, if you can get a good demo that doesn't hurt, um, you know, if, if your game's non-gimmicky, like the strength of the game isn't just like, uh, some weird funny thing that once people play the demo and they get their fill on the game, you know, if it's like a kind of a meme style game, you know, where it's like funny, you see it and there's not much else depth, then having a demo up can hurt you because people play the demo and they're like, oh, okay, I get the joke. I played the joke. That's funny. And then they never buy your game. If you have one of those games, don't keep your demo up. But if you've got the type of game that really does well on Steam, which is like a strategic simulation, endless content, endless type of thing, those games do very well with demos. So I would say keep your demo up. And then, yeah, put your um, put up a new demo for, um, for a festival so that people come back to it, I guess. Um, and also you've updated it based on what you've learned. Like, oh, people really hate this boss. And uh, we can see on the analytics that people always quit playing our demo on this boss. So in a, maybe an updated demo, you pull that boss and replace it with a boss that's uh, a little bit you know, more exciting for people. Um, but that's that's marketing. It's just constantly iterating and improving little bits until by the end, you're just like a dialed in machine. Like it, yeah. You don't, you don't know unless you get feedback, right? Here we go, exactly. Hitoshi Kano. I was thinking of launching an early demo and then improve on it with more content and feedback. Would that hurt the initial impression or are demos more like an organical overtime thing? I think we just answered that one. I think Hitoshi maybe asked it both on the YouTube and thing. Uh, but yes, do it, put the demo out, do it more, do lots of demos. Okay. Lots and lots of demos. Oh, Jay, our infamous Jay, hey. aside from Steam, what are other good festivals? Um, so some good ones that have worked in the past is uh, Tiny Teams, if you have a Tiny Team because there's streamer component. Um, typically like Gamescom. Gamecom is, I think, like two years ago, they weren't very good, and they did a little bit better this year. Um, the um, I think PAX did well. Uh, a lot of festivals that are very small in size, um, actually do pretty well. Oh, uh, Wholesome Games Festival, if you have a wholesome game. A lot of these are dependent on the type of game that you have. Um, but typically, the things that, that make sure that a festival does better than another one is focus. Like if you are a smaller game, it's better to be in a festival that has a few games. The most critical thing is it has to be on Steam. You know, that's the number one thing to ask the organizer if you're going to apply to a festival. I mean, you apply to them, but if you're going to pay for a festival, ask the organizer, can you guarantee me that this is going to have Steam placement? Because on the front page, it should have like a big banner that says, you know, this festival, that's critical. Because if it's like, there's some festivals that um, the organizers never get that Steam featuring. So it just never pops because nobody can see it. It only appears as a banner on everybody's game who's participating. Those don't do very well. So um, make sure that you clarify and get confirmation from the organizers that they will have Steam featuring. And the main thing is, like I said, it's the number one channel. So spend a lot of time on it. Apply to as many as you can. Um, you know, really spend the time to look for them. And it is worth it to pay for the, some of the festivals if they can confirm that they will get front page treatment. Um, so I, I say it's just 
you just scattershot. I mean, my, in my community, I have a channel called Share Your Numbers where a lot of people on my Discord will share how many wishlists they got. And it's it's strange. Like some two games will appear on the same festival and one will have like five times as many wishlists as the other game earned during the festival. It's all based on placement and whether your game was featured in the right spot. So the better approach is apply to a bunch and over time it kind of reverse, you know, revision to the mean, like, um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta try a bunch and, and there's no one answer. Don't say like, we're going to do one festival, try for as many as you possibly can. Excellent. Okay. Uh, doo -doo -doo. If you don't have a complete demo, do you think to show your work in progress is useful to build an audience? Um, I can't quite see what you mean by this. I mean, this is like, I look at the art, like the art should be quality. Um, and it should be bug free. It shouldn't be buggy. It should be fun. Um, you know, don't put up something so terrible. You know, I said like, okay, well, you don't want to, um, you, you know, there's so many people on Steam that you can't really burn out an audience. It's not like you have that bad of an impression. Um, put it out, but you should have like kind of the final art, you know, the final art style decided. It doesn't have to be like everything's dialed in, like top notch, but it has to look good and it has to have not buggy. It has to be fun. It can't be just like somebody running around in an empty room. Like it has to have the core gameplay loop, the core graphic style set in. I'd say those are your basic things. So I, you know, I don't quite know what level you're asking about, but those are the kind of things I, I consider before I would post my demo public. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Even though there is walking, walking in line simulators out there that, you know, but if but, your game is you know, not a walking simulator, have, you know, stuff to interact with, you know, if it, if it is a walking simulator, like have stuff that they can pick up, look at, and there's some story elements in there. Don't just have a person walking in an empty room. Right. That might be a, the next big game, though. Someone walking around in an empty room. You can room. test it. Who knows? Uh, so, of course, the question did come up, how to hire a good artist. And there's a, a question alongside of that. Also, how much to pay the artist? Is there a standard industry rate? Yeah, so here's what I would recommend. This is my first approach. Get on Twitter and look at games that are in your genre. So here's the thing about capsules is they subtly, they don't necessarily have to tell what your game is about, but they do have to signal the genre. And, you know, people always joke that, like, on mobile, there was always that screaming guy icon where it was always, like, some, whatever the lead character of the mobile game was, just, like, screaming. And people always joke about, but that's kind of how capsules are. Capsules aren't to show... Like, this is the most unique game ever. Your capsules have to kind of be in a similar genre. There's always, I always point out these like subtle clues, like a space game has to be pink. For some reason, space games are kind of this pinkish, bluish, purplish color. And you got to see the trails of the afterburner. I don't, I didn't make up the rules. They just kind of arrived organically. Um, if you're making a crafting game, somebody in your capsule has to have a hammer. I didn't make up the rules. They just arrived organically. So. With that said, look at the games that are in your genre. If you're making a platformer, you have to have like your main character like mid-jump like this, and then there's gotta be like the whole world behind them. If you're making an open world game, you have to have your main character silhouetted across like an entire world, like, you know, like Breath of the Wild cover. So every genre has these kind of secret shibboleths to kind of signal, I'm an open world game, I'm a platformer, I'm a strategy game, those sort of things. So find games that are similar to yours, get on Twitter, find the people who worked on that game and said, I love your capsule. Is your artist available for hire? And they're like, oh yeah, it's this person. Um, yeah, they, we just hired them freelance. Here's where we hired them. See if you can reach out to them and say, hey, can you do that for my game? And you've obviously made a good capsule that captures that genre. I want you to do something similar to mine. And that's, that's I would say, the best way to do it. Um, because a, a lot of capsule artists are specific for capsules. Um, just hiring a good artist is not always appropriate. You gotta hire an artist that makes a good capsule. Capsule is like its own special art form. If you can't find anybody and nobody's revealing the artist, go to like ArtStation or DeviantArt and look at the art that people are kind of in your genre. So if it's like, a, if you're making an RPG, look for fantasy art. You know, if it's like a, a Japanese style, you know, anime RPG, look for anime art RPGs. See if any of the artists in their portfolios have capsules, reach out to them. Um, art, um, if you are doing like, um, you know, like ArtStation or Fiverr or some of those, you're gonna, the quality is gonna be a little bit lower, might be harder to work with the artist. 
you're looking at like $150 for a capsule. If you hire an illustrator, it can go somewhere in the like uh, $750 to $2,000 for the capsule artist, for like a professional illustrator. Um, so those are your uh, what you're looking at there. You, so you do get what you pay for. You get what you pay what for, you pay for, for. sure. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. Another one from Fishwind. Would you suggest launching a game right after the festival when WL Velocity is high? First off, I don't know what WL Velocity is, so can you explain that? Or yeah, does so, it matter? WL is wish list. And so okay. there's a thing called Popular Upcoming. And um, it's a great way just before you launch your game to get like a little extra boost out of your uh, game just before launch. So when your game appears on Popular Upcoming, you earn somewhere around a thousand wish lists per day. It's just this list on the front page of Steam. And the uh, what's the uh, what Steam and Valve tell you is it's not the number of wish lists to get you on that list. I it's true. Like um, it, they say, it's actually the wish list velocity. So if you have if you're getting a lot of wish lists in a short period of time, you appear on that list just before launch. Um, it's, I don't know, it's really hard to get that wish list. Nobody knows what the wish list velocity is. In my experience, if you're in about 7,000 wish lists before you hit that thing, you're gonna end up on that list. Um, I don't have a specific answer to say like, come out of the Steam Fest and then launch your game. I just don't have enough data to prove that. Um, but if you've got somewhere in the 5,000 to 7,000 range, I think that's a, a neat thing to do to try it is, Enter your game into the festival in the Steam Fest. You're going to get a lot of wish lists during that time period, and then launch your game like a week later. Sounds sounds like a good strategy to me. Try it. <laughs> Try and it. And report the data. I want to hear what what happens. And then let Chris know so that way he can answer the next person's question. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, main tank. How from uh, YouTube main tank software? How important is localizing your Steam page early to get wish lists pre-release? Very important. Um, so. Uh, Steam recommends this, translate your Steam page, and then you can actually look at the wishlist data to see um, how per region and country are wishlisting your game. And that's a great way to find out, like, should you translate your full game based on the numbers you're seeing? Like if, you know, in Turkish, nobody is wishlisting the game, your game just isn't right for the regional taste of Turkey. So maybe not fork over the big bucks to translate into Turkish. Um, that's a great thing to do. So, um, I, I would say translate. Yes, do it. The more the better, right? Oh, do, do, do. Eduardo Santos, Santos, sorry, from YouTube. Hey, Chris, what do you think about releasing a demo for a limited amount of time during Steam Fest only, for example, that has almost all the complete game contents? Don't give away your game. I'd say like a level or two. Don't give away your whole game. The Oh, it looks like we lost him. He froze just like this. I can do that too. All right. It looks like we lost him, you guys. So we'll just hang out for a little bit. I know there's some other questions coming in. We'll just hang out for a little bit and see what has happened with him. I know we've got quite a few questions. Um Div, I remember the Im Im imager post from Spellbreak. What? Oh, oh there God. he is. All right. And you're, they're back. I don't, I don't know. There was a glitch in the matrix or something. Uh -huh. So the question was, should you give away all your content in your demo? No. Give away the best content, just like a little clip that is really fun. Like a, I'd say 30 minutes of fun content so that you want them salivating. You want them saying, I can't wait to play more of this. Right. I'm gonna buy this. That's what the purpose of the demo. If you give away all your stuff, what are you doing? Like you're just taking away sales. So that's the big risk of demos is that they uh, can cannibalize your sales because people feel satisfied. People say, oh, I don't need to buy the game. I got I got the most fun out of this. So don't, I wouldn't. I would not recommend that. That's a good answer. Okay, um, RKWR, Joker of Aces, from Twitch says, has there been any studies on using sandbox games for marketing, either ads or demos? Like example, VR chat, dreams, Minecraft, etc. I don't know. I, I've never seen that or heard of that. Um, tell well, me but, an example. I'll check it out. Yeah. Like, would you use Minecraft to market a different game? Like in the game? I don't. 
I don't, using, yeah. Maybe you mean using the, the beta? What, what are you thinking of? Tell us in a specific example of somebody who's done something that you think is interesting, and we'll look at it. All right. Next question here from Alexander M. Should you lower the price of your game to attract new players, or will it have a negative impact on the way potential players will be looking at your game? Sometimes people think discount equals bad games. I've seen so many times where games, bam, it's released, and then it, you get a discount right then. What's your opinion? Okay, well, with discount, you do. I mean, Steam works on discounts. It just, it just is. Like the the fans on that platform have expected discounts, so you can do a discount. I think it's every eight weeks on Steam. You should be discounting your game at every time you can. Now, to to Indy's point, don't go a super deep discount right away. You should still do them. You have to do twenty percent discount because when you do a twenty percent discount, that triggers them to send an email to everybody who's wishlist your game to say. Such and such game is on sale. So um, the strategy is slowly lower your price over time. And I'm talking over a year, two years, where it's like starts at 20%, maybe you do 20% a couple times, then you drop to 30%, maybe even 25%. You do a slow step down so that um, you don't give away your game too fast, too early. But you should be discounting your game at every opportunity because that's just how Steam works. People don't buy games full price. They always buy on discount. So if you don't discount your game, you are just losing sales. People just don't buy games at full price unless you are a super viral game that is multiplayer, you know, where it's like everybody's like, you got to play with me. Come play this weekend. We're going to be playing. Come on board. Then people will buy at full price, but most games aren't that lucky. So you only sell your game when it's on discount. That's the reality, Steam. You can fight it if you want, but it just doesn't work. I mean, you're just fighting the ocean. That's like the something. standard on Steam now. It's like, honestly, I don't buy games unless they're on discount, unless I really, 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 really want that specific game. But exactly. If it goes on, if it's like released, I'll be like, oh, I'll just wait for it to go on sale for even 10% or whatever. Uh, yeah, don't just don't discount like 50% the next day, you know, the, the next sale. Right. Slow, slow. Right. Uh, which one has a higher chance to get into popular uh, onto a popular upcoming front page? This is from Fishwind again. A high wish list count versus a high wish list increasing rate. Fishwind, I don't know. I know you've got that game. I know you're nervous about that upcoming game. The main thing, the main thing to do is look at um, I think Steam DB. Look at your wish list rank. If you got a wish list rank, if your numbers listed in wish list rank, you're gonna end up in popular upcoming. Um, that's the main thing. So there should be a thing. There's this, if you go to charts where you see the graph of followers, if it'll say number you know 300 in all of wish lists, if you have that number, you're gonna end up in popular upcoming. So I don't know. Try your best. I mean, that, here's the thing: is Fishwind market your game as much as you can <laughs> to get that velocity up as high as you can. Then you'll get into that popular upcoming. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> good luck on your launch. I think you got it. Do it. You think you got it? See, that's good words. Okay, we got time for one more. And then after that, if you guys, if you can still hang out a little bit, Chris, in Discord, that would be awesome because you still got so, quite a bit, quite a few more questions. So you guys, okay, discord.gg slash indie game business. And then the channel would be there's a post session hangout. It's a voice channel. You can go in there and hang out. You can go in there and ask questions. Um, so go get on over there. So here, this is important because I want to know this. That's why it's important. Gabriel Lewis, what's the best? Oh, wait, what's yeah, what's the best tools to share your game keys? Are we talking to streamers or I my 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 opinion is email. Just email the streamer and say, here's a key to my game. Not Play like it. key mailer or anything like that. I don't know. I feel like keymailer is kind of. I haven't heard much good stuff out of keymailer lately. So I say email. Just email them. Just email them. All right. Well, thank Good you, Chris. You got, you got any last words of wisdom here before we bounce out into our next uh, special guest? That how to market a game .com slash free. Join the mailing list uh, every week. I email new studies I'm doing, new research, new stories from people who have done something like Fishwind, like released after they've done a Steam Next Fest and then launched to show up on the popular upcoming list, all those kind of things. Uh, HowToMarketAGame.com slash free is the best way to get uh, to hear more and to uh, improve your marketing and stuff. So. And if you want to stream or check that, out your game, pleasure. 
if you want to stream it, check it out again. We're right here, twitch.tv slash indie. If you go to my page, it has my email. I'm also in Discord. I'm an admin on the Discord. You can tell because it says indie. Um, so, yeah, go into the Discord. Go into that voice chat if you like. There's also an AMA questions where people are asking questions in there. But yeah, someone posted your Discord, how to market a game. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. It has been a yeah. pleasure. Again, this has been, what, like five or six times for us? Seven Eight, nine, ten. I don't know. I need a ring. I need a ring. You I, need. A, I, I need a ring too. All right, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.